Good morning and welcome to episode 109 of Martin Uncut. Today it's June the 8th, 2021. And today's episode is WWDC 2021, My Thoughts. Yesterday, Apple held their annual Worldwide Developer Conference, WWDC. And this is a yearly event where they release uh, a lot of information or stuff for their developers and uh, Sometimes it's uh, software only, sometimes it's software and hardware. And I was for the first time ever actually uh, attending and looking at this event online. And this is my thoughts from yesterday's event. But let's start off with a little bit of the predictions I had. I talked about these yesterday and we can split them in two parts. We have the software predictions and we have the hardware predictions. So of course... I predicted that iOS would come out in version 15 for iPhone and iPad. Um, and I mean iPad, iOS, iPad OS is the same thing as iOS in my world. So, of course, I was expecting that to come out and also an upgrade to Mac OS X. And I mean, this is not a rocket science or any specifically hard predictions to do that is uh, more or less every year there is a new version of ios and a new version of mac os in some way or another and there was a lot of clues from apple about these already before and one prediction i had uh, about ipad os specifically was that they're going to do some significant improvements around multitasking uh, because i think that is uh, they need to bring the ipad or the ipad's capability closer to a normal computer to be able to motivate the price and to drive the usability of this device. Of course, I also wanted more privacy-related features. Uh, So that was the software things, quite thin predictions I had. I mean, I'm not a super Apple guy. I'm not following everything that happens. So I don't read the rumor sites and stuff like that. So I didn't have too much predictions, but this kind of felt like something that we could expect. I also predicted that they're going to release either an upgrade to their M1 CPU or a new CPU and also new hardware uh, in the Mac Mini and MacBook Pro with the new CPU. And then I did uh, a negative prediction and this kind of doesn't count, I would say. I I, um, predicted that there would not be any Apple Glass, that that will not happen. So what happened then yesterday? We can start off by saying that there were were no hardware uh, announcements at all in this conference. And that means all my hardware, except the negative one that didn't really count, fell off. So there was no new CPUs, no new Mac Minis, no no MacBook Pro. They will probably then come for the fall instead, because I think there will be upgrades to to these product lines. Uh, But... Of course, we saw updates uh, to iOS and to Mac OS. Um, there is a lot of the features that were presented as iOS features that is actually cross-platform. They work for all the OSs. OSs. So uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about a few of these. And the first one is really the FaceTime upgrades. So 
as up until today, FaceTime has been more or less just a video call. You can call someone either by just voice or just with video. And that's it. Uh, it's not more uh, fancy than that, really. But there is a lot of um, improvements here in, in iOS 15 and macOS 15 when it comes to FaceTime. So now you can actually schedule meetings and you can get a URL. So you can put a calendar invite with a FaceTime link. And I think that is is quite huge because this link, if you click that link and if you're not on an Apple device, you can still participate in the call using your browser. And this is supposed to be working in any browser. And I think that is really, really a powerful new feature for FaceTime. I mean, it's nothing particular fancy. I mean, all other uh, software meeting softwares already have this. But to uh, for fi- FaceTime being so heavily integrated into the Apple system, I think this is a good upgrade for, for FaceTime. There's also things like uh, screen sharing and things like that coming into FaceTime now. Um, so I think if you're a, for, for a personal use, there is no real need for you to buy anything like Zoom or those kind of things if this really works, that we need to see, of course. And they they also proclaim that you still have end-to-end encryption uh, for calls and all the messages in, in this channel and, of course, all screen sharing and everything. And I think that is is great. I mean, that's, that's a really good upgrade. So FaceTime goes from being just a video call service to be a little bit more of a meeting service. Um, they also rela- uh, released some features related to FaceTime where you could actually share TV screen, uh, TV programs and music and those kind of things through the FaceTime channel and look at TV together over FaceTime. I don't think that is anything that was gonna, will hit up hit, hit off uh, maybe with a young generation, but I think that is a little bit crazy feature. If you want, if you're gonna watch TV. You want to watch TV together with someone, not together with someone over FaceTime. There, <clears throat> there was also some updates to notifications and focus. And for me, this didn't really ring my bell because I think if you have an issue with notifications as it is, uh, I think it's better to actually solve that by going in and turning off a lot of the notifications and starting to filter and have a lot of different modes where you can get a few notifications, but not some. Because, I mean, either you are uh, I mean, distracted or interrupted by notifications, or you're not. So I think it's a fairly binary decision. So those new features didn't really rock my world. I know, though, that there are people that really likes these issues. Or issues, these features, sorry. And... From this, they went over and started to talk about iPad and iPad OS. And one of the things that I really reacted around here was when they started to talk about the widgets. And this is typical marketing Apple lingo that, oh, we have new widgets. This is such a huge deal. You definitely must buy this. And that's just, come on, it's widgets. If Android wouldn't have implemented widgets... There would not be any widgets in iPadOS and we could, I mean, not have that distraction because widgets is more or less quite useless, isn't it? I mean, what value does they really give more than actually take your attention away from what you wanted to do to something that you didn't plan to do? So I don't think widget is a fantastic or huge deal. Uh, I use 
widgets really, really rarely. So I, I think that is a, a, a bad feature, really. Um, and But then they, they talked about multitasking, and they do change how multitasking works in the iPad. It's going to be easier to multitask between applications than it is today because it's not very intuitive how you actually do multitask. And you can also... Um, push emails and stuff away and, and continue working with them differently. It's hard to describe, uh, but there are significant change to multitasking on the iPad. And I'm super, super happy that they do this because they definitely need to do this improvement on the iPad OS for the iPad to become more of a computer. And the other way they actually do this is that they now have implemented keyboard shortcuts. So you can actually use the keyboard shortcuts in iPadOS because a lot of people is using or start to use the iPad more and more as the uh, their their laptop. They have it in the office. They work from it on, on the desktop with a keyboard and mouse, but then they bring it with them. And that is a really powerful way of working with it. But if you now can start using your keyboard in a more natural way and works more efficiently or more fast by having... And the, um, the keyboard shortcuts available, I think that's going to be fantastic. It's a super good good feature. Um, then they started to talk a little bit about privacy. And privacy is something they have implemented mainly then on, um, on the Mac OS platform. <clears throat> but it's not bad in any way. So <clears throat> what they did was that they have implemented uh, improvements in the mail application. So essentially, they will stop uh, loading tracking pixels in emails so that uh, different companies and mail services will not be able to see that you opened the email because uh, yeah, you, don't, you simply don't load this external resource. And this is something that's been implemented in a lot of other email clients for a long time. So it's way overdue that this is coming to, uh, to uh, the mail application in, uh, in Apple. So I think that is good. It's a super fantastic service. The other thing they are implemented is that they are making IP private. And they are doing that by... Um, yeah, I will come back to that in a second, actually. But essentially, uh, the, the external servers will not be able to track your IP when you're clicking on emails or when you are doing things in, in the mail. And they did this change actually also in Safari. So you're actually able now to hide your IP when you're surfing. And the way they are doing this is that they have started to build up like a a mesh network, something very similar to Tor. Uh, Tor is kind of a a network where you can go use one node as your proxy and then your traffic bounces on a a ton of other nodes before it comes out on the other end and goes to the website. That means that you are totally anonymous. I don't think that... Apple's goal with this service is to make you totally anonymous to them or to anyone because they own this network so they can actually track you. They can see when you come in and they will determine where you come out. But anyone else outside of this network will have a harder time to actually track you. So it's a privacy thing and this is going to be super fast according to them and I really hope so. This will also uh, give you a thinking if you may not need to buy any IP services anymore if we now are using uh, Apple's service for this instead. So 
this is something that I'm going to follow and see how this turns out because I think this is a good thing. It's a good for privacy for uh, for users, essentially Apple users. Uh, but you also need to consider how private will this really be. Tor is Tor, and I think Thor is, is more um, more private how you do it bec- anyway, because you I mean it's independent nodes out there that is in this network. The another thing that they implemented is what they call hide my email, and that is if you are on iCloud, you can generate uh, aliases that is just random aliases uh, that then is linked to your email. <clears throat> And I think this is a good service because if you're out on the net and you want to sign up somewhere and you don't want to use your real email because you want to be able to turn off the spam from them, this is a good way to do it. So this is something that I hope that other email providers innovate on, uh, essentially copy and use the same kind of way so that you can easily spin up a new email uh, for every single site. And if you don't want to use that site anymore, you can just you know close your account and delete that email, and then they can't email you anymore. Then they would just get bounces. And that would be, be fantastic to fight spam. And it's also a way for you to actually see uh, when you start to get spam, which email they sent the spam to, and that way you know who leaked. Um, the last thing I wanted to talk about, or I have actually two things I wanted to talk about more. Um, one thing is what's called universal control. And that is a system that you can actually work on your Mac and you can use your keyboard and mouse. And then you can put your iPad on the side of your computer. Very similar to Sidecar or together with Sidecar, you can actually use it as a second screen. But you can also have now the Mac running iOS. You don't need to use it as Sidecar. And you can just drag your mouse over to the iPad but by just passing by the screen. And you can use the keyboard and the mouse to work on your iPad. And you can also do this between Macs. So if you have multiple Macs, you can actually have your iPad on one side and your, your other Mac on the other side of your screen. And you can just move your cursor between the systems and use your keyboards on different machines. You can also take files, for example, from your iPad and just drag over and drop into your applications or your um, computer. Uh, This is a little bit similar to some functionality that Logitech has built. So if you have multiple computers, you can use the same mouse for all the computers and control them. Uh, But now it's going to be built into iOS and you don't need to have anything additional. And I think that is, is quite nice if that works. Another feature that I really look forward to play around with is shortcuts. So on iPad and iPhone, we have shortcuts. And it's an application to actually automate things. So you can quickly do things on your iPad or iPhone. I am not a super user on this on my iOS devices today. I mainly use it to quickly turn on on an alarm. I could use Siri for that as well, but I just have something I click on. But you can do quite advanced automations with shortcuts. And it's quite easy because you just drag and drop. But now shortcuts comes from macOS. So now you're going to be able to build automations with a very easy interface. And the thing here is that they're not turning or taking anything of the existing automation tools. And many people were afraid that Automator was going to go away when shortcuts came to Mac. But they're saying, no, that's not going to happen. 
automator is gonna stay. The final thing uh, I think is worth worth mentioning is that Safari gets a huge upgrade when it comes to design, and it's gonna get a completely new tab design uh, to make the interface smaller, so there is more space for the web page, and this is across devices. So there is also a new device, a new UI update for the iPhone to use less of the screen and more easily accessible for your finger or your thumb when you're scrolling. I think that is good. And they also have a way for you to save workspaces. So essentially, if you work or do research on a project, you can start to have a lot of tabs open. And then you can switch from that workspace into another workspace where you have other tabs open. Not really profiles like you have in Chrome or in um, in Brave, for example, because I don't think it is uh, for the privacy difference. It's just different tab setups. Uh, I am not a Safari guy, so I will probably not use it. Uh, but there are, I mean, pros with Safari. It's it's quite privacy friendly. It's it's quite fast, uh, but it doesn't have a lot of extensions. Um, and that is, I think, my main majority reason I'm not a Safari user because I'm a brave guy and I have a lot of Chrome extensions that I use on a daily basis. So for me, that's probably not going to happen, but it's quite interesting that they're doing these upgrades and it's going to be good on the iPad and iPhone to have these upgrades. So that was the takeaways I had from the Worldwide Developer Conference this year. Um, nothing major, nothing that really changes the world f- for anyone, but it's quite nice um, features. And I will sit calmly in the boat and see what comes here in the fall when it comes to new hardware and the uh, the, the release of the new iOSs. They will come here to the fall, so they are not uh, in imminently around the corner. So I hope you enjoy this episode. And if you did, why not recommend the show to a friend, a colleague, or a sibling, or anyone? That would help the audience to grow, and that would make me a happy guy. And what's not better than having me as a happy guy? Uh, So until tomorrow, have a fantastic day. Ciao, ciao. Martin Uncut, your daily technology dose.